Welcome to a daily word of encouragement with Celebration Church in Thomasville, Georgia. We believe that the Bible is God's word to all people. We love God, we love each other, and we are changing our world one relationship at a time. We want to help you know and love God's word. Join Pastor Jimmy Bryson each day as we discover how to seek God and live our lives encouraged by his word. Hey, good morning to you. Sorry, having a little bit of uh, technical difficulty in the studio this morning. It's still a little bit dark outside, so if you'll forgive me, uh, we're still working on the lights here in the studio to um, to try to get the right ambiance uh, this morning. It's a chilly morning here in Thomasville, Georgia. October the, I don't even know what day of the month it is, October the... To you. We're going to be in Psalm 100 this morning. Psalm 100, one of my favorite psalms. I know, I know, every few days I'll get on here and say, hey, this is one of my favorite scriptures. This is one of my favorite verses. This is one of my favorite, <coughs> excuse me, um, stories or whatever. Uh, psalm 100, they call it Old Psalm 100. Some some old preachers call it uh, Old Faithful, Old Faithful. So, going to read in Psalm 100. Uh, tomorrow we'll be in Psalm um, Psalm 101, and uh, at some point, I'll, I'll keep you in tune, at some point we will try to adjust our camera here. Uh, at some point we'll jump up to the Psalm 140s. So anyway, I see a couple of you coming on here. If you'll just give a thumbs up or um, share a comment or something, let me know you're here. I'm on a little bit early uh, this morning. Man, the sun's, the sun's coming up quickly today. Coming up quickly today. So, Psalm 100. Are you ready? Hey, Sister Shelley, how are you? We're beginning Psalm 100. I'm just going to read it. There are only, was it six verses? There are only six verses. I'm going to read it. Come back and make a few comments, and hopefully it will uh, it will get your day started in, uh, in, a, in a blessing kind of way. So, the superscription, the superscription says, A Psalm of Praise. That's the, um, the italicized statement before you actually get to verse 1. So the only thing we know historically, actually nothing historically about Psalm 100, but it is titled as a psalm of, uh, of praise. And the word, the word praise here is a Hebrew word, um, todah. And todah means to make a thank offering. It means giving thanks, thanksgiving or make a thank offering. So Psalm 100 is a psalm exhorting us to give a thank offering. Now listen, listen to what it says here. You ready? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. So there just goes a fallacy. You hear, you know, mainly like wealthy men will make statements like, well, I'm a self-made man. I wouldn't be boasted in being a self-made man because the Bible says that God made us. Now, I know there's something to your tenacity and work ethic and and all that that caused you to become successful. But, but really, sir, you didn't make yourself. God made you. We're the sheep 
We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. We belong to him. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. So as you're reading the psalm, remember I encourage you almost every day to keep your little journal. About, or my journal's about to run out here. I keep a little journal at the house. See the, the notes I made this morning? Like you can't read those. They're, they're, you, can't, you can't read them. Sometimes I can't read them either. I need the gift of uh, interpretation. I'm trying to read my own notes. So I sat down this morning and like I knew Psalm 100 was coming up and I thought, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to read the Psalm. I'm going to glean what the Lord's telling me. And I'm just going to share that in a brief devotion today. So there are, there are eight commands there in Psalm 100. Some people say seven because in, uh, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And then later on, it comes back and says, be thankful. So some people refer to that uh, or, or think that's one command. I'm going to say it's two because he, kinda, he wiggles back around and repeats it. So there are basically, however you look at it, seven or eight commands. Now, uh, listen to me just for a second, okay? These were not suggestions. These are not self-helps. These are commands. These are an imperative. An imperative is a command. Like God gave Moses the 10 at Mount Sinai. He gave Moses the 10 fill in the blank. He gave Moses the 10 suggestions. No. He gave Moses the 10 try tos. No. He gave Moses the 10 commandments. He gave Moses the 10 imperatives. So these are seven or eight, however you look at it, commands or imperatives. I was reading over in 1 John last week, and um, um, this is dangerous when I do it off the top of my head. Um, there's a verse in 1 John 5, verse 3 or 4, that talks about love is, 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 love is obeying God. And then in verse 3 or 4, it says something like... Um, his commandments are not burdensome to us. That's what it says. First John 5, either 3 or 4. His commandments are not burdensome to us. So sometimes when people like me are saying, hey, God commands us to do this, or God says do this, or this is an imperative. We, we have to do this. God is not an overbearing, overwhelming God that forces us all to be the same. But when God gives us imperatives or commands, because God is in control and God is sovereign and God is providential, God knows that if we will follow his commands, it's going to be better for us. It's like when your children were little and you had this hot stove or oven, oven on and your, maybe your daughter or son would go over and you go, no, no, baby, no, don't, 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 no, don't, don't touch the oven. And they'll get closer and you start, hey, do not touch the oven. Do not touch the stove. Why? It's not that you were being an unkind parent. It's not that you didn't want your child to explore his or her surroundings, but you knew that if your child touched that stove, good was not going to happen. Something bad was going to happen. Or was it would be better for your child to stay away from the stove. 
Um, and so like, that's like when Paul said, um, abstain from all appearance of evil. I've been called a legalist for so many years because I, I, I teach that very strongly, abstain from all appearance of evil. If it has the appearance of evil, stay away from it, and then you're going to be safe. In other words, if you don't get close to the edge, you're not going to fall off the edge. To me, that's not legalism because, that, again, that 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 or 4, the commandments of God are not burdensome. So when, when, when the writer of Psalms give us seven or eight commands, these are not burdensome. Okay, these are not burdensome. So I'm going to skip through before I read the seven or eight commands, and, and I'm going to give you the reasons why the psalmist gives these seven or eight commands. It's found in the last verse of Psalm 100. For the Lord is good. He gives these commands, do this, do this, do this, do this. Why? Because the Lord is good. The essence of the Lord is good. Watch this. The Lord is love, 1 John 4, 8. God is love. That's who God is. And God is good. God doesn't have goodness. No, he does. God doesn't just have goodness. God is good. God is good. So God is love and God is good. So why these seven or eight commandments? Number one, because God is good. And God, because God's good, God's been good to you. Now, sometimes we get in the mother grubs and we get our, our gaze off of, of, of the goodness of God and, and we don't contemplate <coughs> how good God really is. But like, if you woke up this morning, man, God's good. If you got heat today, I mean, God's always good, but we have the, a, a more keen awareness. That's what I'm saying. Try to live our lives. Hey, Shirley, try, we should try to live our lives with the greater awareness of the goodness of God. Like We know God's good, but try to see the goodness of God in everything. So the sun is just peering over. You can't see it, but straight ahead. The sun is just peering over those trees right there on the horizon. I'm in the parking lot here, the YMCA, Thomasville, Georgia. It's a, God's painting a beautiful picture there. So when I look at that, I think of the goodness of God in creation. I was just perusing through Facebook. Facebook, uh, I'm not going to throw you under the bus because you're watching Facebook because I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I was just like perusing through Facebook. You know how those things pop up like memories? And so a memory just popped up with five years ago. Uh, five years ago, it's a picture of uh, Brennan Grace, my oldest granddaughter, and Kate the second, and Riley the third, and then, of course, there's Eden, number four, but she belongs to Caleb and Lindsay. So the girls and I will go downtown Thomasville on Friday sometimes, and we'll just eat ice cream, or we'll eat cupcakes, and we'll call it Friday Fun Day. We go to this place called The Hole, and we go down there, and we play, and we take pictures and everything. So a, a picture just popped up of five years ago when we were in, in Thomasville and the girls looked so little, but I looked at that and like tears began to fill up my eyes. I go, man, those girls are growing up so fast. Their girls are, those, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to answer text messages while I'm doing this too. But I thought about how good God is, how good God is. God's given me family. God's given me extended family. God's good. So the first reason we should fulfill these commands is God is good. And number two, it says, his mercy is everlasting. It's the word hesed. His steadfast love is everlasting. Um, I love that song. Um, 
We sing it about the reckless love of God. Oh, the ever reckless love of God. Oh, you can't outrun the love of God. You can't hide the love of God. God's mercy, God's steadfast love is everlasting. Why? Because God is love. And number three is truth endureth to all generations. His truth, his word, his word is going to endure. Man has come against the word of God, but truth always prevails. Listen to me. If you don't understand anything else, truth will prevail. So watch this. The last verse is, the Lord is good. Jehovah is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Now, back up to those commands. I just, time has come and gone. Y'all are listening way too slowly again this morning. Y'all got to wake up in the mornings and listen fast, okay? So he begins by saying, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now, if you study that out, it means to shout. The joyful noise, you know, people always joke and say, well, I was singing in church today and it didn't sound good, but it was sure enough a joyful noise. My heart, but that's not what it means. I, I get what you're saying. It means to shout joyfully. To shout. Psalm 47, 1, and clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God. Hallelujah, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Shout joyfully. Why? Because the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. And his truth will last to all generations. So shout unto God. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Stop complaining. about If you're, if you're serving the Lord, praise God for you. But stop complaining. Don't, hey, Miss Linda, don't serve the Lord. You know, Paul talks about doing everything as unto the Lord. And then he says, whatever you eat or whatever you drink or whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Someone, we have volunteers in our church that clean the church. And a lady came in yesterday. Thank you, sister, for coming in yesterday. And she cleaned, she cleaned the sanctuary and she got it looking sparkly and smelling good. And I can just see her because she serves the Lord. I can just see her maybe praying over those chairs, maybe singing to the Lord as she's vacuuming, cleaning the bathrooms. Man, if you work with children, if you, if you serve the homeless, serve the Lord with gladness. No, excuse me, come before his presence with singing. That's the easiest, that's the easiest one of these, of these commandments, these, um, imperative sing come into his presence with singing know that he is god that means to be acquainted with god that means to be acquainted with god buenos dias sister shelly so spend time with the lord worship the lord praise that be in his word be with other believers pray listen to the lord be acquainted with god get acquainted with god number five Enter his courts with thanksgiving. That's the word todah again. Give the Lord a thank offering. Number six, come into his courts with praise. That is tehillah, not to be confused with tequilah. Tequilah is a hymn or a song, song with the accompaniment of instruments. So he's talking about singing, coming into his courts with singing again. Then it just says, be thankful. That is yadah to extend the hand, to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and gratitude, and then bless his name, Barak. Barak, B-A-R-A-K, bless his name, to kneel, bless his name. So a lot of times when 
privately, but, but, but publicly, you know, when you grow up in church, you hear what people say all the time. Some people say the same prayers all the time. Some people use the same vernacular. I'm the same way. We tend to say the same things over and over and over again. And when I'm praising the Lord, I, I will often say, praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name. Like in worship. And we're even like between songs and the band's making transitions. I'm just lifting my hands and I'm being grateful. Hey, Lola. And, and I will often say, bless you, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name. Mag oh, we magnify you, Lord. Because David said, come, let us come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So these are all verbal and physical, vocal and, and visible expressions of our gratitude. Why? Why? See, those commandments are not cumbersome, are they? Be thankful, serve the Lord with gladness, sing to the Lord, shout to the Lord joyfully, uh, offer him thanksgiving. Those are not burdensome. First John is right. The commandments of the Lord are not grievous. Those are not grievous to us. Why? Because the Lord is good. His mercy, his love is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So if you're discouraged today, Remember that God is good. If you need to pick me up today, remember his love for you is everlasting. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God's love is everlasting toward you. Uh, and he even said, I think in Jeremiah, yes, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And his truth endures to all generation. So when the world seems to be crumpling around us, um, when the political system in America is almost at a civil war type uh, anyway, um, remember that his truth, God's word. So when you need answers, go to God's word because his truth endures all generations. So because of that, it's easy for us, know the Lord. It's easy for us to fulfill those seven or eight commandments. So, hey, hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a blessed day in Jesus.